everybody. We're back again for another episode, episode number three. My name is Alessandro, as you guys might know already, and I'm with Sarah. Hey, everyone. Hello, hello. Yes, we are are back to record another pod, which we're, I would say, excited, but I don't know, that might be a little bit too positive of a description <laughs> for how we're really feeling at this point. And the season is still so early. There's still so much football left to play. We're only, you know, a couple weeks into the season, but, you know, we have a, a lot to talk about. A lot of fans are are feeling very strongly about things so far. Would you agree with that, Alessandro? Yeah, it definitely feels like um, we're already halfway through the season. You know, we have already endured so many dramas. But, you know, then you look back at the calendar and you realize, well, we've only played two games, three if you count the DFB Pokal. But, um, yeah, it definitely, it definitely feels like, you know, we're already getting tired of, of, of this. Yes, it it is quite alarming to find yourself in the early days of a new season. And one of the the hottest topics is the the coach, the man in charge, and calling into question his decisions and his role and yeah, you know what what he's doing and what kind of, uh, you know, if he's really still the right person for the job. I mean, those are the kind of conversations that that we're seeing happen and yeah I mean for for me I always I you know went through and counted it through this myself like in the time that I've been a BVB fan how many different coaches have we had I think it's been seven different coaches which to me seems kind of high and I personally don't know that I'm always a fan of, you know, oh, well, let's just, you know, change the coach out and that will make everything better. I I don't think that's always the solution, but, you know, does he have, does Terzic have too much power or, or not enough, or is he overstepping? You know, what, what, what do you think about that? What are your impressions, Alessandro? Well, I do think that it's been a, quite a high number of coaches that we had. We're in 2023, go back 10 years ago, who was our coach? It was Klopp. Then came Tuchel, then came, um, I think it was Peter Bos, oh. then Stoger, yes. then, then it was Faber, then it was Tursic for a little while, then Rosen, now, uh, now Tursic again. Um, yeah, we, we've definitely had too many coaches and, and, that's been a that's been quite a heavy topic on Twitter over the weekend. Uh, I don't know why I, you know news um, a lot of Dortmund news pages they just exploded with a lot of content uh, regarding Ed Interstit saying that he is unsackable that you know his job is not in question right now. So th- there's definitely a lot that you know you get um you get a little overwhelmed with all these news that yeah, you don't even know what to think, but um. And especially after the games, you know, you get a little bit hot-headed, you get a little bit annoyed. But uh, I think that not for a single second have I thought, you know, Edin Tursic needs to go. Simply because, like we said already, it's only match day three. We're going to play match day three on Friday. It's too soon to start thinking about, you know, sacking a coach. and Because um, we have, yes, we have four points out of six possible 
yes, we're not playing good football. We're actually playing Peter Stoger kind of football, if you remember back from <laughs> 2018 when, you know, the team was in complete disarray and stuff. But, you know, things are not as bad as some people make it seem. You know, we have to have some kind of balance in our in our opinions, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. I and and I do agree. I think it is way too early to start, you know, calling for a change in in coach. But at the same time, I you know, I'm not the most technical. I'm I would never even describe myself as being like a technical type expert when it comes to this sport. I really look at people's body language and things like that. And, and I don't know that I've been too crazy about what I've yeah. seen from him. Um, body you know, language talks way more than other things, by the way, you can get a lot more for body language than, you know, any other things. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good, it's a good metric. Yeah. And th thank you. Thank you for validating that. <laughs> but um, no yeah, problem. I mean, I, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just kind of, uh, what what I've seen, like his, I mean, granted, there hasn't been much going on for him to be, you know, smiling about necessarily, but yeah, sure. it just seems it, um, his facial expressions, his body language, his emotions, it just feels very defeated a little bit to me, um, you know, kind of like, I don't know, just not the positive type of energy like you know come on we can come back from this and it, you know it just has not kind of struck that or, or given me that vibe but does that mean that I want to see him gone I don't know I mean I will tell you that watching the match I the thought crossed my mind you know what what would he do for work <laughs> if he wasn't coaching BVB like would he find a job elsewhere at this point I mean I don't know but I, I think I, I do agree. I think not so long ago when Marco Rosse was our manager, uh, Terzic was actually he was he had a position in the club. I I can't remember now uh, what was the title, but yeah. I I think Colin approached him to be the manager, and I think maybe Wolfsburg did as well at some point. So I think that you know the fact that he has a a German cup under his name, you know it's 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 not nothing. So I think he would most likely get a job if, if he were to be sacked from from Dortmund but um um I, I want to go back to something that I read and that we all read and we were you know kind of shocked um it's when Hans fucking Batske said that Edin Terzic is unsackable and that he is he's holding way too much power in the club I just want to I just want to talk a little bit about what might that mean what what does it represent for the club because it's a little bit weird to say that a manager is unsackable when that manager, you know, if, if we're taking a cold approach and just analyzing the facts, um, he got knocked out by the worst Chelsea side that we've seen in the last 10 or 15 years. Okay. Um, he mm -hmm. also got knocked out from the German cup, a cup that, you know, in my opinion, we should be making the final every single time, given the squad that we have, given that it's a knockout competition and absolutely. And the biggest, the biggest blunder, the biggest flop of them all, which was, you know, last season in the Bundesliga, you know, he was uh, yes, the, the event that should not be named. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Just that. I mean, yes, he did allow, allowed us to dream. He took us, he, he, he took us to the last game 
with everything under control, with everything, you know, with our possibilities, you know, being there, something that other managers, well, they never got close to doing. But ultimately, it was a failure because, you know, we we all know how, how that went down. So if you analyze everything and you analyze this start of the season, how just how how dull, for lack of a better word, how dull and boring the team is playing, I, I, I honestly don't see why he should be unsackable. I, I don't see it. We've played way better under other managers. I, I could I could name at least five, I think. Um but yeah, this this tweet really I don't know, it really it really got me thinking. I don't know, I don't know about you, but it really caused quite a stir in my head. Yes, I saw you know some other comments. I mean, I don't, at the end of the day, like we won't really. I mean, I doubt we'll ever really know. I I think, uh, you know, about Vatska and this comment, and I feel like he's kind of notorious for making these really extreme comments. Like, remember when he yes, made the um, comment at the end of last season, like, "Oh well, we're never gonna beat Bayern, so just give uh, up on that dream or whatever that was that he said." So. You know, I'm like, there, there was another is... one actually. There was another quote when we were starting to, you know, build up our streak. We were winning four, five, then six. I think when we hit our seventh win, seventh win in a row, he went out and said, um, you know, like eventually this streak is going to come to an end. We're going to be defeated. And everyone was thinking, like, come on, why the hell are you saying this now? I mean, right. going a great right. streak. And, I mean, you must be really fun at parties, man. It's <laughs> I know. I mean, he he's just such a radical, like yeah, you yeah. know, and, and yeah. So seeing him make this comment about Terzic being unsackable, part, you know, part of me uh, just kind of is very dismissive, given his precedent of making comments like that. Yeah. But then on the other hand you know, how much truth is there really behind that statement? Yeah, I'll take and, it with a of salt, I would say. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I saw some other things on, some other theories on Twitter too, like uh, Terzic is a yes man and, you know, he's not going to ruffle any feathers with, you know, the top brass at the club yes. and, and things of that nature. Yes, and so they're going to want to keep him around because they're he's not going to push back. He's not going to, mm -hmm. you know, be like a Thomas Tuchel or, you know, someone like that. Um, which you took the words right of my mouth. I was, I, I was going to say that, I mean, for me at least, the way I see it is that just like you said, Terzic, is the ideal, uh, quote-unquote, manageable manager, meaning that, mm -hmm. yes, he's not going to give 12 to, to Vatske, who is the man who I think holds the most power uh, within this institution. And, I mean, someone with that amount of power like Vatske, he's going to want someone, you know, who's easy to get along, someone who's not going to challenge him. Like you said, Thomas Tuchel, he wasn't that character. Thomas Tuchel, uh -huh. if he thought that something could be done better, he wasn't going to be quiet. He wasn't going to be, you know, sitting in a corner, you know, shutting his mouth off. He, he wasn't going to do that. And I think that we don't know what happened behind the scenes and we'll probably never know what happened between them two, uh, meaning Tuchel and, and Vatske. But what I do know is that, you know, personalities can sometimes clash, especially in the workplace. 
Um, so yeah, my, my guess is that Tursic is just like the I, ideal man that Fatske wants to have at the helm of Dortmund, which is why he it led him to say he's unsackable. And hey, I'm not saying yes, sack him right now. No, no, no. If you actually right. heard what I said a couple minutes ago, I said no, no, no. Let's not rush, but at the same time, let's not be you know, let's not be too quick to say hey, hey he's unsackable. If Jurgen Klopp in the end. He wasn't sacked, yes. It was a mutual agreement. But if in the end, Jurgen Klopp left, well, anyone can leave, honestly. He's 10 mm -hmm. times the manager that Tursic is right now. Come on. It's true. I, I think part of how, you know, why we all got so swept up with, with Terzic is his story. It's a very romantic story. You know, he's, oh, yes. he's one of his origins. He's one of us. And now he's coaching the team, yeah. but some of that is, is, is starting to wear, wear off a little bit, but again, it's annoying I with do, some people. Yes. Yeah. At, at the same time, I don't, I definitely agree. I don't think we are at the point yet where, the right decision is to replace him. And again, yeah. it's only match day three. It's only match day three. I would yeah. rather have, you know, I'd rather play football like this now than and later on in the season. Know. Of course. Yeah. Yes. Of course. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, when you see it like that, of course, you'd, you'd much rather have your team struggle now than struggle later. But the thing is that when you look at the opponent, you think, like, why should we even be struggling at this point? Yes. Yes. So that that brings me to uh, to another point. OK, because, yes, I. I when I'm thinking, having that thought, I'm like, okay, wait a second. Am I, am I just making excuses for the team, you know? And, and part of me thinks that I am just like making excuses. Like it's, it's early days. You know I mean? Listen, I yeah. literally just said that, right? <laughs> like, ah, everyone it's chill out. It's all about that. <laughs> it's all about that. <laughs> but then I look at Bayern, you know, I mean, Bayern, they, that squad, they've had changes in, in personnel um, on the pitch, off the pitch. I mean, just like all the other squads, but, you know, look at what they're doing. They're still, I mean, for the most part, they, they're playing, still playing consistently enough that they are winning the title every season. So, you know, why shouldn't we be held to that same expectation? So then that makes me think of the players and look at the players and look at their fitness levels and, as individuals and the impact that has on a squad as as a whole and where does the responsibility really fall for the player fitness levels does it equally fall on on the coach and the player or the players individually I know you know our boy Amre his fitness has been called into question you know what what mm -hmm. do you think about player fitness levels I, I think that fitness levels, um, you know, I think in an ideal world, you would say that it's 50-50. You know, 50% of the responsibility is the player, 50% is the coach. But um, this is where the word accountability comes into play. And the person who needs to be accountable for this is no one else but the manager. Why do managers exist even in sports? they're there to make the decisions but also to be responsible for what happens on the pitch on and off the pitch so if a player is not having the discipline to stay in shape to eat the right meals of course that's his decision but ultimately 
who's the one who has to push him to reach these levels? Who's the one who's ultimately, you know, responsible for the fitness of his or her man, woman, whatever they are? It's an interstitial. And and this is and this is some this is another point that you know I've been trying to make on on Twitter, but there's just so many people that you know are they they just can't say anything about Tursich. They just defend him with such a with such a blind passion. I would say that you know you can't say, hey, I think Edin Tursich made a mistake in this sub. Because all of a sudden they just come and they start attacking you and telling you that you're not a fan and this and that. And, uh, that, <laughs> that is extremely annoying. I, I just had to get it out, out there. Sorry that I'm ranting a little bit, but um, <laughs> no, you know, rant, this is, man, this rant, let space. it out. This is a free space <laughs> for us to say whatever we want. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I mean, for me, player fitness at the end of the day falls on the coach. I mean, if you can't instill a, a training regime that allows your players to be fit, well, I mean, this is this is what's gonna happen. I mean, it's on you, man. It's on you, Eden. I'm sorry, but it's on you. Yeah, and I, I think we've well, we have talked in our previous pods about how the team has looked, obviously they don't look so hot. Is there any one player who sticks out to you uh, who's of maybe like greatest concern? Um, you know, I know a couple come to mind for me. Our, our favorite, our favorite guy is one. Um, he hasn't looked as, as good as I would have liked um, but is there anyone who sticks out for you in particular, any of the players? I would have to think about it, but uh, I, I think, well, actually, no, the first one that comes to mind is a player that I think he wasn't even a, a starter in both games. I, at least for me, at least for me, it's Karima de Yemi. I saw him against, yeah, it was Bochum or Cole. I don't remember which of the two games, but, you know, he would try to take on players 1v1, and he would just lose the ball and he wouldn't track back. You know, he would just be standing there or, you know, like look at the sky and regret and go back walking. But uh, another one that definitely comes to mind, and I said it already on the previous app, is Marius Wolf. For me, this guy, it's it's getting tiring, honestly. <laughs> we all know how I'm you even, feel. <laughs> even joking while saying it because that's how bad my body gets when I mention this guy. Um <laughs> I don't know. I, I, these are these are two players that I, I don't know. They just don't seem to be at their top of their game at the moment. Um, and not only from a fitness perspective, but also from a football perspective. You already mentioned Emre Shan. He's not he's not the player that we saw towards the end of uh, of last season. And we could say the same thing about many others. Honestly, it's um, yeah, it's something that needs addressing and needs addressing quickly. I mean, by Friday, by Friday, I, I want to see, I want to see results. You know, I want to see, I want to see a big change in the squad in terms of attitude, in terms of fitness, in, in terms of tactics. Everyone is due improvement for this game. Yes, like it or not, expectations are are high for for this upcoming match for sure. Um, and especially because know, of the opponents. We... Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. And, you know, even though there's always there's that joke, right, that these recently promoted teams, these smaller teams, 
especially like Heidenheim you know, making their debut in the top tier, you know, those always seem to be like the Achilles heel for BBB. We all joke about that on Twitter, right? But aside from all that, um, you know, this is a, an opportunity for the squad to really make a statement and and show us improvement. I think back mm-hmm. to something you had said about us as fans holding the team accountable and demanding more, demanding better. And this is this is an oppor- a prime opportunity really for them to do that. And even though the season, you know, May 2024 seems forever away, it's a long season, but there really aren't that that many games. I mean, it's just one game a week. And so every game, obviously, as we all know, is is important. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a running joke that we've all been part of. The fact that, you know, recently <laughs> promoted clubs, they get their first win of the season. Or in any case, I think Union Berlin, their first ever Bundesliga win was against us, if I'm not mistaken, a couple of seasons ago. I think, uh, I think, right. I think Leipzig as well. I'm not sure about the about these statements, but um, it wouldn't surprise me if I if if they're if they turn out to be true. Um, it, but honestly, the Heidenheim game couldn't come at a better moment. It's the it's the perfect opportunity for the team to score four or five in front of the old wall, you know, and and, and actually get the season running up and running. Like this is it. This is the moment where you know you can get you can score as many goals as you want, and you know get motivated for the next uh, upcoming games because it won't be simple. Right, right, and it's a, a chance for them to kind of just shake it off and move move beyond what has happened so far and yeah. start playing playing the way that we know that they the way that they can. I'm so, just telling you. I'm just telling you. If we get a draw, or God forbid, if we get a defeat, oh my God, strap yourself, because you know, <laughs> if we, if we thought that Twitter was a chaos zone uh, last weekend, we're not ready for what's coming down. Okay. Now, okay. The, the shouts of Persich out are going to be louder than ever. And yes. Wow. It's gonna. <laughs> it's gonna get messy. I and. I have, you reminded me that I found like the perfect, <laughs> like the perfect coping mechanism, I guess is the best way I can describe it for, for these matches. Shots, maybe? <laughs> no, I mean, maybe perhaps whatever your poison is, but um, like after the match this past weekend and then after yeah. this, uh, the final match of last season, it just coincidentally worked out that I had plans like immediately following the game so I like it did not give me a chance yeah. to sit around and like dwell on what I just witnessed yeah <laughs> so. yeah it's just like get get out of your system like see friends and stuff <laughs> yes you everyone I recommend you have a diversion like you need a plan b if it goes to pot if this match goes to pot you need a plan b to like <laughs> prevent yourself from you know, getting lost in the mire of, yeah. of what Twitter will become. It will, you know, yeah, <laughs> it'll be something else. That's for sure. You know, but, if, I, if I'm honest, yeah, if I'm honest, back in the day, results, like catastrophic results really get to me and they would in a way really like affect my mood for the next couple of hours. But, you know, then I figured like, come on, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get my, my day ruined, my afternoon ruined and, 
even less my weekend ruined just because of football. Yes, it, it's our life. We love this club. I, I love this club with an indescribable passion. But, you know, it's not good to let football results get to you that bad. I mean, at some point you need to realize, hey, there's bigger things in life. There's, you know, more important things out there than, you know, being upset at a football game. But, um, I mean, I'm, I'm saying this now, but then when the game comes <laughs> and we actually – lose all that goes out the window but uh, <laughs> I will I'll, remind I'll be sure to remind you of those yeah. words in the yeah, future yeah, I'm, not, I'm gonna have to go back to this episode no but all, all jokes aside I mean whoever's listening to this right now I mean I, I just hope that you guys really understand because you know it's very common to jump into Twitter after a bad result and people are saying like oh my god thank you for my weekend being ruined and you know I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that and like, you know, come on. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a game. It's football. It won't define your yeah. life. It won't, you know, bring anything um, better or worse if a uh, result doesn't go your way. I mean, in the, at the end of the day, you just have to move on. Simple. Quite simple. And if if all, fail, if all else fails, just do what Sarah's doing. Put plans <laughs> after after games. Yes. <laughs> nice words of words of wisdom there, Alessandro. <laughs> uh, always, always, always try my best to provide words of wisdom around here. <laughs> well, we've talked a bit about, you know, the current squad, but I have been anxious to talk to you about some of the other activity that I've been seeing on Twitter and some of your tweets specifically, we have the, the transfer window is still open and yeah. we've seen a few names being thrown out as uh, potential future squad members, uh, Polson, and you just tweeted mm. one about one that you saw. Um, yeah, for, a couple uh, of minutes ago, I think. Nicholas, Nicholas Fulkerud, yeah. Mm hmm yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited about this one. Uh, Yusuf Poulsen, honestly, yeah, I mean, he's been around in Leipzig for quite some time. He's never been he's never been the prolific goal scorer. He, on the pitch, he has a different role. Um, I mean, as long as a player really wants to wear this shirt, welcome. You are more than welcome. But if I had to choose, I would prefer Fulkrug over Yusuf Poulsen by far. So he, uh, Fulkrug is, I am not really familiar with, with him. Is Where Werder is he Bremen. currently? Oh, Werder Bremen. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This was the guy that got called up to the German national team. And for some, this is, this is, a this is going to be, I, I could go on about for 20 more minutes with what I'm about to say, but for some reason, um, the coach, of the German national team, Hansi Flick. I don't think he ever played him as a starter, even though all the indications were there that he had to be a starter. He scored some important goals for the German national team in the World Cup. Um, so this guy, he knows how to compete. He knows how to how to um, add value to whatever club he's playing for. So this is a guy that I'm actually excited uh, excited to have in the in the team. And he's a striker. Is that yes, right? he's a striker. Correct. Yes, 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 yes. So, if he joined, you know, I'd be curious. I mean, what does that mean for Haller and 
you know, that's where, actually, how would he? Yeah, that's actually a very good question. Um, I, I don't, obviously, he's not going to come and be an immediate starter. The starting, the starting place is for a little period. He is the starter right now, but I think full Krug, he has to earn that place in the starting eleven, just like Alet. Alet also needs to earn that place week by week. I tweeted something about this uh, a couple of weeks ago that you know it's very good to sign, you know, multiple players for one certain position because you know that's a way of uh, uh, of uh, motivating the players to actually train harder. If you want to play, yes. all right, be the best man in your position week after week. No one should feel comfortable in their position knowing that, hey, no matter what happens, I'm going to be a starter every week. No, wrong. That shouldn't be that, that shouldn't be a thing in any competitive sports team. So I think that if he does come, he might be he's going to be definitely on the bench coming off as a substitute, maybe even playing alongside Mukoko in a way because. Again, Mukoko is a different kind of striker. He's a little bit more um he's a little bit more dynamic, provides uh provides a little bit of a of I don't know how to describe it. He's yeah, he's just a, he's just a different spark for the team. So I kinda I, I think that's how I imagine things would go down if we actually get this Nicholas full group. Yeah, it will it will be interesting to see. And like you said, I mean, you never you never really know what kind of addition to the team will light that spark oh, yeah, sure. and sure. give us that competitive competitive edge. And it's interesting to me too when we see these names rumored, you know, as, as potential transfers and they're coming from other sources within within the league too. Um yeah. you know as opposed to beyond just the Bundesliga or whatnot. Yeah, so it would have been sooner, but yeah, what can we do? Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see the, the transfer window will be closed, uh, closed shortly. I'm not, do you know when, when the transfer window is ending? I'm not sure. I know exactly when. I don't really, I'm not entirely sure, but I, I think it's it might be close in a couple of days if not tomorrow i think so yeah i know it's soon like really we, soon yeah if we're gonna do something we better do it whether it's Pulsen, full group or bella Kotschap, that we've also been we've been um yeah. we've been named as potential um potential clubs potential destinations for him but um yeah like i said i would have wanted the, these transfers to happen before I would have wanted to have at least a left back for for the team, but hey, I mean, if, if we can bring more reinforcements, so be it. It's always better than not bringing anyone and just you know sitting there with your arms crossed. Uh, I mean, more than welcome. Looking forward to Friday. Looking forward to seeing an improvement, at least in the attitude and the tactical formation of the players, because. Like we said throughout the entire episode, what we've seen so far from Mr. Tursic has been dreadful at best. Yes, I I am really hoping to see a change in men and mentality and mental attitudes. And you know, I and I want to see the guys having fun. I want to see that fun return to the pitch. Yes. And th those are my expectations. So I think. 
you know, kind of my final words for today will just really be that the next few days will be very telling. And, you know, that they have a lot of eyes on them. And, and I know we're all really expecting them to, to live up to those expectations that we have. How about, how about you? Any, any final thoughts? Uh, I mean, there, there's a lot that I could say for final thoughts, final statements, but um, I guess if I had to choose a single one would be go get a win and win in a proper way, win in a way that's going to make every single one, every single person in the best final stadium on Friday, jump sky high on their seats and just be proud of the team. Because we really need to win and we need to do it in a way that satisfies the fans. That's it. That's my closing statement. That's the that's the least that these <laughs> players should be doing for us. Come on. That's right. <laughs> well, it was it was fantastic to speaking with you again, as usual. As um, always. It's always a pleasure. As always. And uh, I hope that we can be a little bit happier, a little bit more positive on the next episode. But hey, it's up to these guys. <laughs> yes, that's right. I mean, it's, it, that's right. <laughs> they are the ones who drive our, our discussions and our content. No, I think we did pretty well. I, I don't think we were too, too negative, but we were just very realistic. But, oh, but yes. that's only that's only because that's only because we're recording days after the game. If we had done this the day after, <laughs> it would have been it would have turned out completely different, Sarah. You're right. You're right. Fair enough. <laughs> but anyways, thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you for the people who made it this far. And if you didn't make it this far, well, shame on you. Hopefully, hopefully you get better. Um, and yeah, thank you so much and see you around. Bye, everyone.